Hi everyone, welcome to our talk of the week. I am here with Mel in Mel and Christelle's home in Canesham. So really good to be here. So we're tracking with, we've asked them really to track with us as a church this year, as we're looking to press into building community. And we've seen how they've lived as a household. Their children are now grown up and uh, over those decades, they've um, lived as a household in a way that's really intentionally invested in their children. But also it's been uh, a house that's been open to people outside and they've really lived um, kind of kingdom, church, extended household uh, way of living for many years. And, and we thought there's lots that actually we can learn from Mao and Chriselle that we can both apply within Hope as a whole church community and, and also um, as households within, within Hope. Um, so, so this is so through the year, they're coming and bringing some teaching for us and some coaching. And uh, before, uh, before Christmas, uh, we, we had our Thanksgiving festivals and that was inspired by Marilyn Purcell. And, and, and we used the, the American uh, Thanksgiving date, but we were really having it as a time of thanking God for what he's been doing in our lives. And it was really special having these festival celebration moments in people's homes and uh, as a way of punctuating the year and helping us to build community. So, uh, so today, Mel's going to be speaking on, uh, on rites of passage, and we'll be getting in, into that. And uh, probably one of the most obvious rites of passage for us as Christians is, is baptism, uh, the, the, the point at which we kind of go into water and emerge as, a, as part of our journey of, of following Jesus. Um, so we're going to be talking about rites of passage and, and, and uh, quite a lot about the kind of teenage years and what it is to bring young people, bring children through those, those years. And I just want to encourage you if, you, if you, if you don't have children or if your um, children have grown up or, or, or whatever, then, then please, um, this message is still very much for you. It's uh, one of our dreams as a church is to be a, be a, a church that children love to be part of. And we, and we know that, that by God's design, Jesus prioritised children and, 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 and others. Um, there's something so special about being multi-generational as church. And, such a, uh, it takes a village to raise a child. There's so, so much that we can bring as a whole community, uh, not just to serve each other, but also to receive as well through being part of this multi-generational um, community. So now do you, do you want to just start off by sort of positioning where we are in terms of last time and, 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 and how this one fits in the, the grand plan? The neighbour's moment. Yes. <laughs> last time when you were with us. Yeah. So when we were last with you in November, mm. we'd looked in October and November at the idea of, uh, as a household, what are your rhythms? Do, do you, and household being people you most do life with, not necessarily you live with, people you most connect with and do life with. Uh, so that could be physical household, could be shared house, could be family, could be key friendships, it's whatever those people are. Um, what are your rhythms? And we looked at the idea of weekly and daily rhythms of, uh, that facilitate connection. And then last time we looked at um, your uh, rhythms of the year. Mm. And there being two points to that. One being to understand the season that you're in to, uh, so that you can respond accordingly. And the other to, be, to know your place in the story. Um, the, the verses in Romans 8, 15 and 16 about when your spirit meets with God's spirit, you cry, Abba, mm. Father. You, when your essence meets with his essence and you know his acceptances and his security, that reinforcing of um, I know where I fit and where I belong. Yeah. And that being a real and intimate thing. I remember I was just saying that I remember that, um, that word Abba is the Hebrew word for dad. 
uh, it's quite an intimate word, isn't it? And I, I was in Jerusalem a few years ago and saw um, some young boys um, on the street just calling Abba after their dad. And, um, and it put that, that into a whole, uh, so I, I had that mental picture when you're talking about that. It's a, it's a child intimately and uh, calling for his, mm. for his dad, for his father. And I think that the goal of that in my mind is that we have children that know that their security, mm. that they're at peace because they know their place, they know they're accepted. Mm. And it's the idea of marking moments in our journey yeah. that so that we know our place, that we can look back and go, look back positively on, I understand my spiritual journey, I understand my my family journey of what I'm part of, I understand my cultural heritage journey of what I'm part of and that all of those things can be celebrated. Yeah. And I guess we the, the verse for us that has the most weight is one in Micah. Mm. Uh, Micah 6, 5b, <laughs> uh, the second half of it where it says, remember your journey. And we just love that phrase of remember your journey. And then it says two specific places from from Shittim or Acacia Grove. <laughs> Rude Bibles say Shittim, like the NIV. Uh, the NLT, the New Living, says Acacia Grove. Um, remember your journey from Shittim till Gilgal, that you would know the righteous acts of the Lord. And it's the idea that that was where the people of God were remembering their journey from where God first got their attention and oh. called them and you know, they knew his voice calling them yeah. through to where they fully consecrated, where they'd crossed the river, where they marked a moment, uh, they made an Ebenezer to say the Lord has brought us this far and then there's this place at Gilgal where they consecrated themselves, they made themselves right before God, they marked themselves, they aligned themselves before God. It's, I was telling you that uh, it's one of the funniest, rudest bits of the Bible where if you, if you look at the explanation bit at the bottom, it says at that place um, they were all circumcised huh. and they called, called that place Gibeath Haraloth. And then if you do the, down to the bottom where it says, which means, it's, which means hill of foreskins. <laughs> the idea of this is where there was this massive marking moment, yeah, literally, yeah. where yeah. they where they marked their we are now carrying our consecrated mark of who we are before God into into as we live into the hoped for promise mm. of what He has for us in the land He is giving us. We've we've gone from being called released from captivity and now come into freedom and his promise mm. and we're marking that we have monuments to mark that and a process that has got us there yeah that we will remember for the re will remember our journey that we would know the righteous acts of the lord that we'll carry with us how god has worked in our lives so i guess i love i know passover's going to be something we come up to later in the year yeah. but it's almost one of that best example of a story where you're remembering what God has done, that you're reminding yourself of his goodness and his kindness and how he's freed people from free, uh, from captivity and brought freedom. Mm. And that it's a story that we are remembering that we are part of. Yeah. And, and who God's character is in that and what our relationship is to him. I think I told you about the, 
the um, the professor of biblical law at Bristol Uni coming to one of our Passovers and mm. saying, "Isn't it amazing to that we are part of celebrating a story that has been celebrated every year?" for way more than 3,000 years, remembering the same story continuously every single year. And mm. we're part of that. And just his kind of saying it in a way that was, you're, you're kind of contextualizing, putting us into what a, we're remembering, what a amazing thing we're part of mm. as we remember this story. Yeah. It just adds an, a level of richness, even in how I understand my identity from what he's spoken to me. In that I'm thinking too about how um, I think of within the festivals helping us to see as a community and celebrate the big picture, the big, the big story that we're part of. And then the rite of passage I also think of as being quite a personal, especially in the case of circumcision, which we don't do anymore, generally. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you know, quite a, quite a our personal moment. And I was thinking as well. Um, Aaron uh, often talks, I often talk with Aaron about the moment we went, I went with him to Cumbran in Wales, there was this outpouring of the Holy Spirit happening and someone has some amazing miraculous healings and that was a point for Aaron where he was filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time and he was significantly different after that and um, uh, and so that would be a kind of heavenly uh, ordained kind of rite of passage for him, you know it wasn't, we didn't sort of plan right Aaron this is going to be your rite of passage on this date. Yeah. Um, but there's, in a minute, we're going to um, talk a bit about um, about sort of teenage years and some intentional rites of passage stuff. And actually, we're going to finish by hearing a bit from Amy and Jaden, uh, two of uh, Mal's uh, children, and uh, and what the experience was like for them. And but uh, so we're also so, so also thinking about how we can, alongside those sort of divinely ordained, powerful, weighty moments in uh, that kind of we can't necessarily orchestrate that's the, that's the plan stuff and um we are at the moment planning some looking at how we could intentionally invest in, in in children within hope particularly as they move through the teenage years so um alice and i have been planning some stuff for our children together with ben and joe and um, looking at and um, there's a book by a guy called john tyson i've been talking with some dads in hope that are at that sort of life stage about this as well john tyson's written this book called um uh, it's either called the intentional father or the primal path, one of those, um, and and it's, it's it's really about the journey that he took his son on through the through the teenage years, of intentionally investing in him and, and 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 providing a structure and opportunities and connection points for him to uh, to meet God and to grow and to mature um, from that journey from a, from a, from a boy into a, into a man. Um, love to hear now what that journey's been like for you and and some of how you've shape some of those rites of passage and then sort of customise them to your to your children. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, just as a, uh, almost a principles thing around this, um, do you remember we did the railway thing a few t about the yeah. idea of the proactive and reactive? Yeah. When we encourage people when they start a small group almost to tell each other's life stories, to do it almost how they've connected with God versus time mm. and to draw a graph and, and then to put on it like the key moments, the defining moments. And I think what we found is when you hear people tell their stories, some of them are reactive, like that railway thing. Yeah. Some are where you're reacting to what life has done with you. Sure. And some of them are proactive, okay. where it's like your choice to be baptised mm. or your choice to engage in a certain activity or marking moment thing. Um, so 
yeah, we're aware that some things are reactive, but almost our responsibility is to put in that other side of the railway of what can we be intentional in, acknowledging that other things will go on. So some of those are chronological around birthdays. So we try and have developmentally, we have a list from 10 to 18 of, and we've changed it with each child, almost depending on who they are, um, what different thing uh, almost marks that growing maturity. So um, at what point you, uh, um, have your own bank account, mm. have your own mobile phone, have uh, get ears pierced. Um, uh, one of them is a big uh, uh, pocket money hike when you say, I'm ready to buy my own clothes mm. and toiletries. Mm. And you know, we found mainly gender, that it, it was younger for the girls and older for the guys, but yeah. that it would actually be a and right the way through zero to 18. Some of them are helped by the law. You, know, you can now watch 15 movies, 18 movies. Um, at 18, they get a, a, a 30 quid to take everybody out for a drink mm. and to actually be the one buying the drink and to buy everybody's drink and celebrating that as just a little moment of, of as, a, as a rite of passage. Yeah. We've even used the um, glass blown guys, the blue glass guys in both Bristol and Bath, where you can go and blow glass so that they uh, captured the air of when they turned 18. So they have a bauble with their name and 18 on it. That's their 18 year old breath. Wow. Just marking, so cool. just almost celebrating them and, and who they are. So there's the chronological ones that kind of point to you are growing up and you're learning more about life mm. and what goes with that. So there's a whole list that we try to, and we've adapted it for each child. Yeah. Then um, spiritual ones would be both event and process. The event things, obviously baptism, two of our kids decided to get baptised in their teenage years as a invite everybody in who's been part of their journey. The process one that was a really big one for us was to say when, when you were born you had godparents that we chose yeah. who were there to support um, us and pray for you and maybe connect with you and something you connected with something you didn't mm -hmm. but now you're becoming now you're entering into towards teenagedom and thinking about being more um, independent to interdependence um, we'd love you to choose somebody who could be your mentor mm -hmm. through through teenage years so 13 was when um, we the the deal was they come up with a short list of names, um, and, but that we'd have to, we'd agree it that we'd agree who, and then we would ask not them ask so right. then, but in terms of our wider community it's mm. tended to be somebody between our two generations, and the only deal was it would be somebody they could talk to anything about anything they had questions about, um, in, and especially sex. Mm. Um, and even some people said, uh, and well, what about it if they wanted it to be your child? Like if they wanted it, said, mum, dad, I wanted it to be you. Yeah. Then oh, that's great if you can talk about anything sexual mm. and anything that's temptation or porn or, or whatever. If you can talk about that, then I think you can We're do in. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so that that was a really uh, a, a really big one um, as a 
to then have somebody that they knew was journeying with them in the wider community. Yeah. And I think when a whole community starts to own this idea that yeah. you said about community raising a child, yeah, yeah, yeah. it really yeah. kicks in, I think, at, at that point as a helpful uh, element. Yeah. Um, and, and, that, and that, just to dwell on that, that feels to me like a sort of sweet spot, like a, like a kind of goal, isn't it? That, that something about, um, and there's practicalities around safeguarding and appropriateness on this, that we obviously need to do well and, and right. But that to me feels really kingdom, really Jesus way, that there will be like within us as a church community, um, uh, people, uh, a, a range of people that, that children can connect with uh, yeah. safely. And, uh, uh, and, and, and that can be a richness in all sorts of ways, rich for the, for the adult, for the young person, and uh, and just bringing different perspectives and 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 and, and, a, and, a, and a wholeness to life that is yeah. uh, something that we want to do carefully, and you know we need to do that, need to do that safely, and with the with the parents having a covering and a, a leading role in it. But um, and that's why it has to be agreed. That's, yeah, that's the great safety valve. Yeah, is that if it's everybody's talking about it and it's agreed. Yeah, and affirmed by the parents. Yeah, sure. Then it's a. Uh, yeah, then it becomes a, this is, the mandate is there. Yeah. But also I think it's the wider community mm. element of, one of the event things we've done, I don't think we've fully nailed this, I'd love to dig into this more, but um, we've tried to do a whole community event, which we did best in the States, mm. where it was um, focused on uh, fathers and sons, but it was all the men that were committed to these in the lives of these uh, young boys and the boys and then separately all of the mums and all of the girls having a moment to call them into their their, their, their growth in their gender and who they are yeah. and the boys did that by going um, camping on a camping trip so were these your boys at a similar age? Or? Yeah, they were, I think it was 15, 14, okay. late for the, the year that was 14, 15 in school. Yeah. And camping trip, start one point, end in another. The first half was to remember their journey, do the Micah 6 thing of remembering right. the journey, remembering what's happened in their journey so far and doing some conversations and activities of remembering where God has already spoken or called, spoken to them or what their experience has been so far. And then, and then in the route, they reached a ravine, and the ravine was like a, um, had a rope bridge across it, a little bit like Indiana Jones, and the Last Crusade, that like slightly dodgy, like yeah, 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 an element of jeopardy involved. Crocodiles? Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> and then uh, all of the adults went across first, leaving the boys on the other side, and then they called them out by name. Wow. And as they started to cross, mm. all of the men were just speaking what they saw over them, yeah. calling them into what, uh, you know, what, encouraging them into to this transition into adulthood. Mm. Um, I think we were a bit informed by Richard Raw's yeah, stuff yeah. on this. He yeah. wrote a book about Adam, yeah. where he, he talks about... Uh, what maturity looks like yeah. and there are five questions you need to be able to answer yeah. in this book yeah. where you really have engaged with maturity yeah and that's and, a, and that's that journey of initiation or, or, or yeah. crossing over isn't it 
and that's what he talks about boy into man tribal it's... initiation and yeah. that you you understand your part something bigger you understand you're not the center of the universe yeah you understand you're going to die yeah you understand that tough things happen yeah and you you're encouraged to to speak what your response is going to be to each of those five yeah that's what we've done as the yeah. as that process with both and that really i because I, I've, I've read that book and been thinking about that and i and i really recognize in my own life where there have been aspects of uninitiation and 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 it's actually helped me to reframe reframe some of my younger experiences when i think about them through a lens of actually that was rather than people being harsh with me and, and seeing it negatively that I need to forgive people for and be healed from. Yeah. Actually, instead, I can see there were moments of initiation helping me to make that transition from life is easy and comfortable into step up and, and take responsibility. It's on, it's on you now in a way that's really healthy. And um, so I've, I've seen in my own life uh, where a lack of initiation and lack of that um, has, has made life harder. And there's a liberation that comes, isn't there? You know, when you're when you're called up by other men and you're recognised. I find this, you know, as a, as a as a pastor in the city, meeting with other church leaders, there's something that they can call out in me because they've they've been through. They're ahead of me. They're older than me. They've done it as well. And I think similar thing for the generations, isn't there? Someone who's, yeah. you know, been as grown up as a woman can speak to a girl and, and help her into that yeah. journey in a way. And even the the, the I believe in you. Yeah. I think is the most incredible that you know that if if we know that we're secure if we know that we're loved and accepted yeah and there are people around us saying I believe in you yes we all need that yeah like if we're going to achieve our potential we're going to see the kingdom come in our lives yeah having somebody else uh, I always think of um Jonathan's armor bearer in 1 Samuel 14 mm. he says that when Jonathan has this crazy plan he says do what you have in mind I'm with you heart and soul mm. And just people who are saying, do what you have in mind, I'm with you, heart yeah. and soul, I believe in you. Ephesians 4, 1, where it says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you received. Yeah. That there are people going, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received, not yeah. serve me, yeah. but you live into, as you cross, you live into what you're called to. Yeah. And if we can have markers of that, yeah. that celebrate both the spiritual what God's doing with us, those defining moments, but also celebrate um, almost our age and stage, mm. maturity moments, and our cultural, our family, what we're part of, mm. I think we become way more secure people who know yeah. our place, know we're loved, know we're accepted, and then we become powerful people, yeah. I think, as we come into that. Yeah. The, the only other one that we have the only other thing I'd say particularly as a marker moment mm. uh, with this age group is physically uh, celebrating. So um, I remember when we didn't have any kids and hearing somebody just telling the story of, uh, uh, it was a woman telling us how proud she was of her husband when she left the, the four children with her husband and one of the eldest of her children started their period. And... The, uh, the woman going, I didn't know what he'd do. And he said, come on, let's all go out for a meal and celebrate our daughter. <laughs> and I thought, I love that. Yeah. And when we had children, I want to do that. And then, you know, it's years later, then having kids and then saying, when you, when you reach physical maturity, 
we want to mark it by celebrating and we're going to all dress up and, have it, and you get to choose the restaurant mm. it's just got to be posh it can't <laughs> be subway or something it's got to be posh because we're celebrating yeah. and we would um and with our girls starting their periods and with the with the boys there was a fair amount of conversation about what was the right biological transition some unhelpful suggestions by the sisters but then that they we we landed on first shave mm. and that moment of having the first shave and then going out and celebrating and marking the moment with them i think that's the um yes for that for that for that age group they're the things that we've most mm -hmm. put in place wonderful well, we're going to get um, uh, Amy and Jaden to join us now and we'll ask them what it was like experiencing uh, some of those rites of passage. Brilliant. And on Sunday, we'll yeah. also talk a little bit more, dig into not just the how does it take community to raise a child and the age and stage developmental things, but I think uh, some of the questions around uh, what are the things in your household that you want to celebrate in, in your key relationships as a rite of passage, whether that is uh, acknowledging the culture that you're part of, the family history, what are the things that are your celebrations that you want to put in, even as annual festivals, yeah. uh, whether it's your cultural history, uh, the countries that you've been involved in and celebrating those places, um, your family stuff, what is it that you want to celebrate to to mark the moment, to acknowledge your own journey, yeah. to remember the journeys of your household and who do you want to celebrate there? I was telling you, our probably biggest one at the moment is uh, my father-in-law with Alzheimer's who's 92 and he comes most alive reading the family history that he has. We're celebrating his journey and remembering the journey that he's gone through. On Sunday, we'll look more at, at some of that as well. Brilliant, great. Great, so this is Amy and this is Jaden, and we thought it'd be a great idea to ask them what it's like to experience, live through a Caladine, Marilyn Crissell household, uh, rite of passage. Boom, who's gonna start? <laughs> Jaden's gonna start. Um, Good. I think going into it's funny, it's just going to the non-specifics of just marking moments. The one thing that is always there is food for some reason. It's almost, I'm trying to think of more like specific ones, but what that's coming to mind is kind of smaller milestones and then uh, mostly celebrating those with food, <laughs> <laughs> which is, uh, that's my first thing coming to mind. Um, going out for meals or making big meals. It's the same thing with celebrations. Our celebrations are also usually themed around meals. I guess we just like meals. It's <laughs> amazing we all look huge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said that quietly. <laughs> it wasn't in there. Yeah. Um, so going for a very specific one for me, um, it's when I uh, when I first shaved. It's going on what we were briefly mentioning there. Mm. The kind of that uh, starting to hit puberty, growing up from being a child, and kind of marking that moment. Having the responsibility of choosing the restaurant. Oh, yeah, that was the part of the thing. So just talk us, talk us through that. So what did that first shave look like? Was it a 
Mm. Hard oh, sun moment. Was it? A, was everyone there? Was it like? A... I think everyone was there. Really, everyone? for the actual shave or for the celebration? Definitely, definitely for a few people over there. I know my mum and dad were in the room. Okay. My, I've had a great hair journey actually. I could probably mark down rites of passage. You've got a good bit of uh, facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> and then Amy was there when I shaved my head. <laughs> so I, I shaved your head. I yeah. wasn't just there. I Sorry. did it. Indeed. Now yes. let's get into. The, tell us a bit more. Give us a little bit of insight into that. So let, what time of day was it? <laughs> um, well, I don't know. It's, oh, it's so funny because it's always, you know, when you're that age, there's not much there. So I think it was a bit like I wanted the excuse to be like I'm growing up. I think I was like 13, oh. maybe 14. Mm. And it was like, ah, there's enough wispy hairs there. Let's go shave it and then we can go and have my meal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And would there be any standouts for you in terms of the significance of that moment in your life journey? Mm. Um, I mean... It definitely marks the moment from, that's almost when we first got here to Bristol as well. Um, so I think I think a lot of these things kind of coincide. Uh, so that was, yeah, moving into this this house being in a new space is also kind of what that symbolizes for me. Um, yeah, I've got quite nicely compartmentalized, uh, as a new era of my life begins, almost very neatly, we've always moved to a new place. Okay. So, yeah, in having childhood in America, starting to enter teens, sorry, childhood in England, starting to have enter teens in America, and then coming back when I was fully a teen, and then moving out when I was going to university when I became an adult at 18-ish. Mm. Yeah, very nicely segmented. Yeah, yeah. There you go, meals and moving, that's what I do. Thanks, Amy. Yeah. Stick and move. Amy, how about you? Mine, because, I don't know, rites of passage life, so the only, <laughs> the only one I was saying I could think about was, um, was a similar thing as that basically it was our like coming of age thing and that because it's not like an English thing to do like a bar mitzvah or a bat mitzvah kind of thing that was for the girls like for Jaden it was first shaped for the girls it was first period um which has meant I think that actually just makes it a little bit more normal of something to talk mm. about which actually I do think is nice that it's then a conversation and then not awkward so what are you saying about your housemate? <laughs> she finds she doesn't she doesn't talk to anyone about it. Well, now she does because her sister's a midwife, so she was like, so now cervix come up all the time, and my dad's like, ah, um, which is quite fun. Um, but I think for me then, I know that like my first period for a lot of my classmates was actually like, oh no, it's begun, and people being quite upset. And for me, it was like, I got an Indian dinner out of this, and it was really exciting. And they let me order dessert as well. I got a coconut ice cream, I remember that. I was very excited about it. Um, but I think, I think that being the number one thing I could think of, where it was marking something, and actually making something that could have been negative positive. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'd actually parrot that for also the, the moving out thing. Um, as a rite of passage, it's almost that is a scary thing. Yeah. But almost to celebrate it and be like marking it more of an exciting moment instead of like a last meal. <laughs> you know, it was a celebration, not a. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. That's cool. That's really good. Thank you.